hey, you really disrespected me. I'm not going to tolerate you talking to me that way. That to me is masculine. It's like, it's like assertive, kind of confident. Like I'm not going to hide it and act like I'm fine. I'm going to address like what is happening. But if he was like, I'm going to kick your fucking ass if you ever come. And then he like gets really violent and like intimidating and he's like threatening to punch someone. That to me, I would be like, really? (laughs) We don't need to go there. Like that's way too much. That to me is the difference. Hello, everybody. This is Sex Positivity Unfiltered, where we talk about sex and we are not polite about it. My name is Lindsay Murray. And I'm Denise Stratton. And for today, we are talking about toxic masculinity and what it is, what we do about it, how can we tell when it's happening. Um, And this topic actually was requested by a listener of ours. And so we're super excited about that. We love getting listener topics and interest and what you guys want to hear and we're all yeah. about it. So we took the time to do some research on this. What I want to hear from you, Denise, like, how do you define toxic masculinity? Oh, man. Um, I didn't think I would have a lot to say about toxic oh, masculinity when okay. going into this. I thought this uh, – a lot of times when I hear toxic masculinity now, I think of the Barbie movie. So I think of the Kens mm. of the world and how the mm-hmm. patriarchy changed, you know, that that uh, scene. Um, but, yeah, no, after doing research, I have a lot to say about toxic masculinity. So um, Okay. Uh, but yeah, guys, for those of you who are there, um, we will research your topic. So if you want to make me do a deep dive, I will do it um, for sure. And we we actually enjoy doing that. Like, yeah. I love doing the deep dive. Like, it is very self-reflective. But then I'm like, dang, I have a lot to say about this. Or maybe I have some personal experience. Regarding toxic, toxic masculinity, I do want to hear what... Yeah, what yeah. you what how like you would define it and then I'm sure I share a similar definition. But for anyone who is listening, this is definitely not a it's not an anti-masculine topic. Like there's healthy masculinity, which we'll talk about, and then there's toxic masculinity. It's kind of with anything. I feel like anything can be toxic depending on the context and its impact on other people and right? I mean, yeah, you, no, I feel like it's a, it could be that. that way a lot of it. So you know, I don't want anyone listening to think like, oh, here we go again. The masculinity is bad talk. It's not. I mean, a lot of us are attracted to masculine qualities or have masculine qualities, but it's just like that toxic part that I think we wanted to address. Yes, yes. Because a lot of times when you when people hear the word toxic masculinity, a lot of times uh, one ear will close, right? Just because yeah. they're just like, oh, that's just what the the feminists and the men haters are saying. They're trying to take away our masculinity of our men and, and <laughs> you know, bring up these uh, these soft men, which is also a, a facet, but we'll get into it. But, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I understand. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. So I had to share that first because I was like, please listen. We have a lot of good things to say about this. Yeah, yeah. No, masculinity is very much celebrated in this podcast <laughs> just so we're aware for those of you who are video you you see me so okay <laughs> anyway uh so the definition of toxic masculinity according to oxford is a set of attitudes and behavior stereotypically associated with or expected of men mm-hmm. that has a negative impact on men and society as a whole um yeah. so Love that definition. Basically, it means that some people think that being manly uh, means always being in charge, um, enjoying specific things and uh, um, condemning other specific things, being really tough, never showing emotion. Like Those are the, the things that we see with uh, masculine traits or what men are expected to, to look like. Um, but the idea that the guy has to be super super tough and not show any feelings can be bad for their minds and it also causes problems. Um, so. Yeah, there there's an author, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, that says, by far the worst thing we do to males by making by making them feel they have to be hard is that we leave them with a very fragile ego. Ah, yeah, I like so that. I thought that kind of subbed it up because to me this goes back to like episode one where we talked about sex positivity and like the patriarchy and how these gender roles were formed they're not like inherently biological I feel like it's kind of like this with masculinity like here's what boys and men do Mm -hmm. and that's definitely like a social construct and not like 
men inherently just don't share their feelings. Like that's not true, yeah. you know, but they're, but I think a lot of them were taught not to, and it can end up, le- it can end up leading to a lot of aggression, right? Cause they're fragile. Their ego is fragile. So even what you were just saying right now, that's what I thought of is like, they're brought up that way. No, I saw a lot of parallels to our first episode and just bringing up the patriarchy in general. I mean, in order for you to have toxic masculinity, I feel like you have to have a patriarchy of some sort because that's uh, we're taught that men are more important and that they because they're stronger, they're supposed to be the provider, the protector. You know, the, again, it's it's back to that box, right? That right. we we are required to fit into, but you're not required to. Um, I found a term which I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was a new term for me. It's called he- uh, hegemonic masculinity. I don't think I've that? ever heard of that. No. Oh yeah, it's it's spelled very it's spelled interestingly. I had to look up how to yeah, <laughs> okay. hegemonic hegemonic. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But um, basically, in the study of genders, there's this thing called hegemonic masculinity, and it was mentioned in R. W. Connell's Gender Order Theory. Um, but it's all about how there are many different ways to be a guy depending on the time, place, mm. culture, and person, um, and this. This type of masculinity is like the big boss. So it's the idea that guys think that they should be in charge and it gives them reasons for putting some guys and women down. Um, Basically, it's a theory that tries to explain why guys often end up being seen as more important um, in societies than others, uh, which I found fascinating. Yeah. Because, okay, small little tangent. Masculinity and when when people take our time and our culture in America in the 2020s it's different than what it was 100 years ago you know 100 if you if you were to if you were to be a man today and you were to put on makeup and tights that would be seen as a feminine quality mm-hmm. but if you were to do that 2 300 years ago back when you know you did wear the white wigs and men did wear makeup and they did put on tights and high heels and yeah. all of the, i mean that was just that was the fashion back then, and that was seen as masculine because you were a noble, so you you know made more money, you were financially um, able to afford these things. So yeah, you you were seen as a man of the house. Yeah, it's all about the context of the time, right? Like it changes, and then whatever time period you're in is what tends to be like brought down to your children. Like change takes a long time. Again, a long time, but at the same time, not a long time. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? But like, yeah. like for us as people who only live, you know, like a hundred years, let's say, change takes a long time. So you just bring down like what you knew down to your kids, and then it just goes on and on and on. So like the masculinity that we know, like I even think going back to our parents' age, toxic ma- masculinity was probably even worse. Like in their generation, like I feel like I feel like today we're we're getting more progressive by the day. Like toxic masculinity is still a problem, but I think like men as a whole are probably even a little bit more willing to share their feelings than like I would agree with my that. father or grandfather's generation. You know what I mean? I would agree with that, and yeah. also your environment, right? So like people totally. who are in more of a I don't know diverse household have different than someone who's been in a you know rural area and have only seen their generations, their grandpa and their. Um, dad and that's really their only role models or whatever so I feel like your environment has a lot to do with whether you do the toxic masculinity if you if you're down that route or not yeah well I have like to go even a little bit further on the definition of of toxic masculinity so researchers there's toxic masculinity or you might see it's called traditional masculinity ideology which is more of like a researcher's term okay but researchers have really broken it down into three different parts of like what is toxic masculinity and so part one is suppressing emotions or masking distress like hiding it um the second one is maintaining an appearance of hardness and the third is violence as an indicator of power. So kind of like that tough guy, like, behavior. Be tough, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the example I think of of what, like, healthy masculinity is versus toxic masculinity, like, let's say – I'll use my husband as an example just because, like, he's a guy. Okay. But, like, if someone disrespects him and he says, hey, you really disrespected me. I'm not going to tolerate you talking to me that way. That, to me, is masculine. It's like It's like – assertive, kind of confident, like I'm not going to hide it and act like I'm fine. I'm going to address like what is happening. But if he was like, I'm going to kick your fucking ass if you ever come. And then he like gets really violent and like intimidating and he's like threatening to punch someone. 
that to me, I would be like, really? (laughs) We don't need to go there. Like, that's way too much. That to me is the difference, right? Mm. Like, I'm giving that example because I don't want people to think that toxic masculinity means you're weak. Because it doesn't mean that at all. You can still be assertive and honest and go after what you want. And it doesn't have to be in a way that's hurting anyone right oh yeah no as far as like traditional masculinity um and when I say traditional I just mean really like of the time right now um there are a lot of things that I really did love I do love about those traits again this is you're talking to someone who identifies as a masculine woman woman so for sure there are things like you know um a devotion to work you know we're for some reason, working um, working hard and hard labor and all of those things are more of a, a masculine trait. I'm not really sure why, but they mm. are. Um, same thing with, you know, excellence in sports, um, providing for the family. Like, these are things that I feel are very good traits to teach the future generations, masculine or feminine, to be honest. To me, it doesn't matter. But those are good traits that yeah. are in the um, – this is the masculine – this is what we teach our boys, right, when they're growing up. Those, To me, those are good traits to teach anyone. Uh, but it's when – it seems like when it gets to those extremes – Yes. To where it gets very damaging, which is with everything, right? Yeah. Well, and, like, the like toxic masculinity and, like, using, like, violence as an indicator of power – I mean, it very much goes back to when we talked about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like if there's, I mean, particularly men, because they're the ones mostly being the abusers in these situations, like, according to the data. Um, if a man is abusing a woman or their partner or whoever that they live with, um, there's got to be some toxic masculinity mixed in there, I would think. I think those two are very related. Dominant, you're supposed yes. apparently you're supposed to assert your dominance over um, people in general, you know, weaker men or women, regardless of how, yeah. what your environment is at the time. But yeah, that's dominance is something that I, I kept seeing come up over and over and over while I was looking at this, which makes sense, which also could lead to a very destructive and violent um, future. But we'll get into that as well. Part of the question that we did get asked whenever our listener uh, pulled up, they were like, they wanted, um, they wanted us to cover toxic masculinity and how it could affect future generations. Right. Mm -hmm. So I do have a couple slides. If I'm thinking about the results for that, how this, how this impacts our future generations, our kids, how Mm -hmm. um, they're being raised. uh, Basically the things that I highlighted are, the fact that, you know, because men aren't allowed to show emotions except anger, mm-hmm. you're basically teaching kids that they can't express negative emotions properly, right? Mm-hmm. So um, with that being said, they end up they end up uh, developing this fear of being vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, like you said before, uh, which can also hinder their relationships in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you get, you know, we have these, these uh, men who don't understand why – they can't keep a relationship, right? Or um, why women won't, you know, um, uh, come to their corner. So I saw that. And then also a big result of you not being able to show any other emotion other than anger is, I mean, this can cause bullying. This can Mm -hmm. cause domestic violence, Mm -hmm. which can cause prison time. Um, It also, which I didn't even associate with it, but now that I think about it, it makes sense, is um, risky behavior. Yeah. If, like, the... If you're not allowed to show fear, if you're not allowed to show, you know, a lot of these, um, maybe, uh, well, actually, no, fear is pretty much that. Well, yeah, emotion. you're not, you're not gonna have any impulse control. No. Yeah. No, and so when you see, I'm sorry, guys, when you see the uh, America's Most Funniest Videos and all those daring stunts and everything, my mom used to point out all the time, do you see what gender? Do you see the? Do you see the gender? And it, it was mostly men, and yeah, because yeah, men are were. Again, jackass. The show Jackass. Yes. All men. We're just they're they're supposed to take on these risky behaviors and be okay with getting hurt and they just walk it off, right? Um, so yeah, this this is what we're teaching. Yeah. Um and then another another facet of what this can cause our future generations is basically it encourages gender norms. So mm-hmm. uh which it just by default, encouraging gender norms encourages homophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, it also encourages uh, anti-feminism, right? Well, so- and also, like, men cheat. 
Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, men oh. do just cheat. I mean, don't they all, like, have that in them? Like, you'll hear that. And I'm yes. like, no. Why yeah. are we accepting these things and not figuring out how to try it got, to it, I mean, it's them. like it's like the scarlet letter, right? Oh. Like, she has the A because she's an adulterer. Men would never have to walk around with no. the letter A on their chest. Like, no. So that seemed like another perfect example. Like, well, men are just, it's inherent within us. No, it's not. No. It's not. These gender norms are not inherent. They're not biological. They're a social construct that benefit those in power. It goes back to episode one that we had, right, the patriarchy. It benefits a lot of people, and it maybe benefits them too, but it really does, like, way more harm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Going back to biology, it's just a small tangent. We don't have to leave this in if you don't want to. But, yeah, going back to biology – I have heard someone make the argument of we are men are biologically um, chosen to be promiscuous because they uh, have to spread their their seed to as many places as possible, right? Whereas women, we're supposed to be um, choosy because we only have one egg. Well, and it's like it's such a bullshit argument because all the men I've ever met who like to have a lot of sex and a lot of partners. I've never heard them say, oh, I can't wait to have 30 kids. Like, <laughs> they're not spreading their seed. They're just getting fucked, you know? Yeah. Like, that's how I, like, I guess like, unless your name is Elon. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They just want to have sex, which is fine. But I don't, I hate that argument of, like, uh, men are just more promiscuous because they, they're just drawn to, I'm like, no, they're not. To me, this is, like, a big lack of accountability. Like, even with the cheating thing, like, men just inherently have it in them to, like, be with more partners and I'm like okay if that were true though why would more people not be like in open relationships or in polyamorous relationships you know what I mean like if that was like inherent within you you could make it work in an ethical way but we're not talking about ethic we're talking about being unethical like it's honestly when you boil it down it's like well men are unethical it's just in there (laughs) (laughs) right and I'm like Ew, why are we accepting that? <laughs> yeah, that's my take on it. I liked that. I liked that a lot. That's a really good way to substitute some words in there. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, and this goes back to not even just teaching, you know, little boys. We're also teaching little girls that, you know, just inherently they're weaker. They're less important than men. Um, and, and also, uh, when I hear... When I hear that men are supposed to go out and, you know, just try to get as many women as possible, you're also kind of giving women more power than you realize, right? Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, the toxic masculinity um, cycle, I feel, has, like, created the term incel. You, you know what incel mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, for anyone who's at home who doesn't know what the creation of incels are. It's basically um, uh, an abbreviated term for uh, involuntarily involuntary celibacy, mm-hmm. which I had never heard before. I just knew them as I, toxic masculine men. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently when men become violent, uh, the victims are overwhelmingly female. Mm-hmm. Uh, frequently, incels display both misogyny and a stunning lack of self-awareness by blaming all of their romantic woes on women yeah. instead of taking a moment to understand why women might not want to associate with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it, toxic masculinity just in general just breeds incels. 100%. I think we've all had that friend or acquaintance or family member that like speaks in a very derogatory way against women and then on the same note will be like I cannot like why can't you know what what's going on with all these women that you know I can't be in a relationship and it's like because you don't respect them thank you (laughs) I mean yeah but they never look at it as like maybe I'm the problem they're just like I should be able to get what I want when I want it. It goes back to impulse control. I should be able to get what I want when I want it. What's wrong with these bitches that won't give me the time of day? Like, fuck them. And I'm like, because you don't respect them. You're right. Right. It's very interesting. That is, like, to me, like, the definition of incel. And and that brings me to my next unfortunate um, result, if we continue with toxic masculinity, is basically it promotes rape culture. Yes. Like, just out there. And I understand that a lot of the uh, platforms that we're going to be putting this podcast on don't like that word, but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't like being – I don't like the fact that they're censoring it. I think it I doesn't I think we bring, need to be saying it. Yes, yeah. I agree. 
Um, but yeah, it promotes rape culture, basically saying that men are just one dimensional. They, they're limited to just chasing sex. Um, and that sex is a crucial component of their manlyhood, right? Um, so it makes them feel entitled to it, entitled to sex. Um, and the only reason to provide or to stay in shape or to even be tough is so that you can be attractive to, you know, the, the female population, right? And so you can, you can um, get sex, right? Uh, and it, it also inherently teaches men that women are property, mm-hmm. um, that women are to be owned by men and women's role is very subservient. Um, and this, willing, this does increase rape and sexual assault for the future generations. Because the, the issue that happens... You said something that made me think of this. Um, like a man might really get in shape with the expectation of, I'm going to become really attractive. I'm going to get more women. When that doesn't happen, they become very angry. There's like no tolerance of like not getting what you want. That's really kind of at the core. There's this lack of tolerance of like, I deserve to get what I want whenever I want it. I put in all this work to look good and go to the gym and blah, and I make all this money. If a girl doesn't want me, I am going to get angry because what the fuck is wrong with them? Mm. And then the anger leads to like these violations. Yeah. And it could it could lead to rape. It could lead to physical violence. That's what That's what it is. Now that we're talking about it, honestly, I do a lot of that work with my couples that I work with because I'm always like anytime any partner is doing something like, Hey, I want to make this change. I want to get in shape. Okay. What's your motivation to get in shape? Well, because I want to get more women (laughs) and I'm like, but there's no guarantee you're ever going to get that. You could be in the best shape of your life. The woman at the bar you think is attractive might not give you the time of day. Then what? Yeah. Like what is your inherent motivation to get in shape? What is in it for you? Just for you. And when someone can't really look outside of that, it's a sign to me that, like, there's going to be – you're going to have a tough time mm. being able to tolerate, like, not getting what you want. I, oh, man. That does – that really broke it down. That broke it down really well because, like we said before, there's a lot of aspects of mas- masculinity that are really good. Ambition is awesome. Being in shape is awesome. Yeah. I mean, these are things that you should want to do. You should want to provide for your family. You should mm-hmm. you should want to regulate your emotions, not mm-hmm. completely dismiss them, but regulate, regulate them, them, right? Yeah. So these are things that we do find attractive and they should be taught to our future generations. But those are things that you should want for yourself. Yes. They shouldn't be something that you're trying to, I guess, fake so that you can get the other um the other gender right well and i have you know i see that issue a lot in marriages especially regarding sex i will hear on a very regular basis i've been nice to the kids i've been doing the dishes i've been i've been taking care of of the pets why are we not having sex Mm. and it's like if you're doing those things to only because you think you're going to get something in return that's going to feel really icky to your partner. Yeah. As opposed to like, I want to do these things because it makes me feel better as a spouse. It makes me feel more proud of our home. It makes me feel really good when I get to see you be a little bit stress-free because I have more capacity to take this on. Those things are good motivators to me. If the mm-hmm. motivation is, well, I'll clean more because you'll fuck me more. Mm. And I'm like, you're going to be really disappointed because that's probably not how it's going to go. So... You know, it's just something that partners really need to think about. Anytime you're doing something, why are you doing that? Are you doing it to get what you want from women? And then if you don't get it, you're going to get mad. That's almost like the core of violence to me. And I feel it goes both ways, masculine and feminine. Because you hear all the time, you know, no, you shouldn't be going to the gym for him. You shouldn't be putting on that makeup for him. You shouldn't, you know, these are things that you should be doing for yourself, right? To make you feel confident, to make you feel good, to make you comfortable in your body or whatever it is. So, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that was a good breakdown. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically going back to uh, uh, it promotes rape culture. This was something I didn't realize, but a lot of rape offenders are young men. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
It's because it's common for them to think that the only way for them to have social status is, uh, or social status among their male peers is to be highly sexually experienced. Yes. Right. And that's something that you brought up with the easy A, you know, yes. she, she goes around with the A and if, it, you know, she was a man, it would have, no, he would have been a stud. You yes. know, men would have looked up to him if he had, you know, had that many conquests. Um, so and on the opposite uh, spectrum of that, if you're not sexually active as a man, you're often stigmatized. Totally. Right? Um, so they're in the media and in also in some cultures, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of cultures out there um, and communities that promote uh, this macho, this man, this toxic masculinity, um, and also the fact that, you know, it they suggest that men should assert dominance over women. That's mm-hmm. just how it goes. So, yeah, this is how it it's affecting our kids. It's going to affect us in the future. Yeah. Um, and I... I I don't like that society, guys. I think it would be better if we took these masculine traits and made them more positive and made them, like you said, like you said for, for them to do it for themselves because a lot of those traits are good traits. Yeah. I think if um, what it really comes down to is it's kind of like breaking that generational cycle of abuse. If, yeah. you're, the, if you're the one breaking that cycle um, – one of the therapists I've trained, I've mentioned him before. His name is Terry Real. Um, but he says that if you're someone that has broken that cycle, like for yourself, for your marriage, and for your kids, like you come from this, let's say, toxic masculine world, and you do the really hard work to break that cycle, and your kids get a different experience, that is like the definition of a hero. Hey, because you're not just, it's not just for today. You're talking like, generation after generation after generation after generation that you could that you're saving from that because if you raise your kids in a healthy masculine way and in a non-patriarchal way they're going to be more likely to raise their kids that way and their kids are going to be more likely to raise their kids that way like you're giving it a huge chance so that is kind of like a hero to me i agree so if you're listening and you're, you're breaking that cycle like you're doing that work like you're a hero. Hey, it's a huge deal. That is a huge deal. That was awesome. Uh, so I have just a real tangent, not research question. Sure. Um, do you have brothers? I do have a brother. You have a brother. Older, mm-hmm. younger? He's younger. He's two years younger than okay, me. Okay, so you yeah. got to see him being grow up. Do you, yeah. do you have any memories um, that you deem as like him being taught like to- toxic masculinity traits? Do you remember? Like, oh, any- yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, I mean – the only emotion our father ever showed was anger. Mm. You know, there's no like talking. It was all, it was just this really weird thing of like emotions are burdensome, but like he got to be angry all the time. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. So now that I'm an adult and I look back and I'm like, talk about being emotional. Like you're a very emotional man, and it just comes out as like anger and aggression. Anger, yeah. um, and that's definitely what my brother learned. And he, you know, for a while he turned to drugs and alcohol and he would get in a lot of physical fights. He's been in probably several physical fights mm. with, with even people he might consider to be friends now. But there's just this mix of like the only way for me to assert my dominance is to be violent and to like threaten to beat you up if you don't respect me. It's almost like this demand of respect, right? Yeah. Versus like being respectful and then getting it in return (laughs) you know like the demand of respect I think is another thing because my dad was like that you know he would get to be I'm gonna say violent he never like physically hit us but like anger to me feels like violence when it's when you're always surrounded in anger so he would get to be that way but then it was like but you better fucking respect me and I would just be thinking like but gosh you don't really respect me you know yeah, yeah No, I could see that because in when me growing up, I mean, I, that same thing. My father never showed any emotion ever. I think to be, now that I'm thinking about it, I have seen that man put more holes in the wall than I have seen him cry. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. And isn't that yeah, weird? That's, it's weird. Yeah, but that's because men—they're yeah. not allowed, right? They're not allowed to show emotion. They're not allowed to be sad. They're not allowed to be overly happy. They're not allowed to, you know, any emotion other than anger. That's the only one that is acceptable. Yeah, um, and because again, it's like like a power thing. You know, it's acceptable for men to be angry, so they're going to want to do the thing that's acceptable is kind of where we all probably fit into. And in turn, they teach their sons these things. I remember my, my, and I don't know if 
anybody out there, if, if you do feel like this was your family, uh, please comment below. But in my family and in my peers' families, I would constantly see that the fathers were a little bit harder on the men than they were on their daughters, right? Um, because, you know, you gotta, he's got to be tough, right? I remember I remember as a baby, my dad brought my, my, my newborn brother into the shower with him like to shed like not not like you know the baby bath where you you know no he brought him into the shower um pouring down and my mom was pissed about it, it was like a it was one of their oh big God, fights and it was because he was like no he's gonna he's gonna grow up and he's gonna learn how to tough it out and all these things you're yeah. like that's the thing is like uh i it's that saying when they when you when there's a literal baby and they're crying in the night, and you know, mom goes to get them. You're babying them, and I'm like, they're a baby. Yep. Like they should be babied right now. <laughs> That's the whole point. Is that we're supposed to baby them at this time in their life? We don't need to create this like tough baby. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's, that's so weird. <laughs> oh. It's it's very odd, but that's what that's you know what it is, and it really does. It it does a lot of harm to boys and men, but then also like to women too. Oh yeah, and like they're. There's a few, like, statistics I want to share real quick, like, going into this. So, the American Psychological Association, or the APA, so you might ever, if you ever hear me say, like, APA guidelines, or the APA says this, I'm referring to this, right? And they create a lot of guidelines for psychologists. I'm not a psychologist, but I am a therapist, so I feel like there's a lot of similarity to, like, if there's, like, APA guidelines, they're the same ones that I would follow, essentially, okay? okay? Um, as far as, like, working with clients, but they have a guideline that's called um, Guideline for Psychological Practice with Boys and Men. And these guidelines are basically for psychologists or clinicians of how to how to do their practice with boys and men and, like, guidelines to keep in mind as you're working with them. And part of that is remembering a lot of them do come from a culture of, like, toxic masculinity. So you have to look at it through, like, socially and culturally and economically and there's things you have to look at what's interesting is those guidelines only came out like four years ago wow 2019 i guess it's been almost five years 2019 so like even from the mental health standpoint there's not been clear guidelines of like how to help men and boys until 2019 interesting mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah i feel like we have more I feel like we have more research on, like, men's orgasms than we do on, on that. Wow. Well, we don't have a lot. It's The weird thing is, like, modern psychology, I guess is what I would call it, historically has always been about white men. It's, okay. always, through the, it's always through that lens. But it's never really been through, like, a gender-based lens. Like, when we talk about women, we look at, like, what do women go through in society? And what is the stress of, like, motherhood? And what's the stress at home? What does that do for their mental health? Like, we look at this lens of women, if we're even studying women, which we are now, but historically not so much. I think when the research has been about white men, it's really been through this lens of, like, well, this is how men are. And not so much, well, wait a second, maybe we should challenge that gender bias a little bit and see, like, what's really going on. So... That hasn't really be, been done until very recently. Okay. So even I'm just pointing that out, like, when we're talking about giving support to men and boys, even these guidelines are very, very new. Right? Okay. But it's like, it's like traditional masculinity or, or toxic masculinity. I'm, I'm using those interchangeably. Um, that type of masculinity, like the very aggressive, powerful type, it has led to a lot of success for men. Right? Like, I think, like, 90% of CEOs are men, right? Like, as yeah, an example. that sounds right. So, it's led to some very powerful positions, but it's also placed them in a position of violence, homicide, suicide. And I'm going to give you some numbers to this. So, 90% uh, of homicides in the U.S. are done by men. Cool. And 77% of homicide victims are men. And... Men are 3.5 times more likely than women to die by suicide, even though they are much less likely to report being depressed. Isn't I, that interesting? Wow. Yeah. And their life expectancy is five years shorter than women's. I, okay. Yeah. So it's the, the suicide and depression thing I found very interesting because, again, they're not going to admit they're depressed. Mm-hmm. 
but they are, and they hide it, and they're almost four times more likely to kill themselves than That's women are. Crazy. So it's it's really terrifying. Like when we're talking about this, this isn't us being anti-man. It's really being like pro-men. Like, yes. If we can get men to a place of healthy masculinity, there can be a lot of reduction to depression, to anxiety, to suicidality, to lots of stuff. You know, like their life could be better. Their life could be longer. And it can be more fulfilling. Fulfilling. I was about to If like, fulfilling. Yeah. If they, you know, if they could really challenge, right? That Get out of your box, guys. Get out of your box. <laughs> the box is damaging. Um, well, and, and one more, like, one more thing. I have, like, another weird statistic, but it makes a lot of sense. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, like, what you think about this. But um, I had found this study from 2011 by Dr. Kristen Springer, who's at Rutgers University. Um the study that she did, she found that men with the strongest beliefs about masculinity, and when I say strong beliefs about masculinity, I mean, like, not sharing emotions, being aggressive, being violent, making sure that I'm always in a position of power, right? Men that had the strongest beliefs about that were half as likely than men who have, like, more moderate masculinity beliefs. They're half as likely to get preventative health care, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. And they're also, like, strong masculine features are linked to heavy drinking, the use of tobacco, and avoiding vegetables. Oh, my, like, you are describing someone I know, really. Like, I'm literally from head to toe. It's interesting. Yes. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, I'm sure I'm sure we've all heard those those very, like, cheesy jokes. Like, men eat steak and potatoes. I mean, like, it's kind of like that. It's yeah. like the, the manly man is, like... I'm not a pussy. I'm not eating that celery. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> what kind of came off to me when I saw this study. But apparently there's some truth. Like, it's linked. The stronger that masculine belief, the less likely you are to go and get preventative health care or even go to the doctor if you if you are feeling I feel, sick or there's something wrong. Yeah, it, it's I can see that now that I'm really thinking on it. Like, you are – the more traditional masculine you seem, the more, yeah, steak, steak – an egg, steak, and potato, very high-protein diet. Um, also, I, you've always seen, like, veganism as, like, more of a feminine-type trait or any type of, you know, just, um, yeah. Well, and, like, it's, like, men who are vegans or men who are nurses get called – I mean, they get called names. Yeah. Yeah. Like they get called oh, no, insulting let's, names. Let's let's go ahead and say some of the common sayings that you hear with toxic masculinity, which would be, yeah, don't don't be a sissy, or don't be a pussy, yeah, all the time, or or you're and I'm I'm not what I'm going to say is a derogatory term. This is not me saying it, and I I would never call someone this because it's not okay. But like the term faggot, oh, you yeah. hear that if there's any feminine quote unquote what's what a yep. What a masculine person, a toxic masculine person would view as, like, too feminine, the word faggot gets thrown around a lot. Oh, yeah. And I'm just, like, that is so bothersome to me because I'm, like, why is that? Like, why are we using that word? But why is that such a problem? Like, why can't a man be vegan? Why can't he be a nurse? Why can't he cry in front of you? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, because if big boys don't cry, right? Or, I mean, that's just – that's how you're you're not supposed to be – feminine in any way like and we, we teach them at a young age you know don't throw like a girl don't cry like a girl you're yeah. acting you know i mean uh, man up don't be a little bitch you know you hear you hear these sayings all the time and to be honest if we were being transparent i've said these sayings to men before yeah. um, or to uh my my quote-unquote butch lesbians right because you know you have that that masculinity that you're supposed to have it's you're in this little box, and if you don't fit that box, if you go towards the feminine, then it's deemed as weaker, which is yep. interesting. And I know I've made comments like that too before in the past, mm-hmm. totally because that's what you do. That's, that's what you what call you do. people. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. That's what like I've even been guilty of that. And then you know I look back and it's a little bit embarrassing. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> it's totally embarrassing to be like, gosh, I can't believe I used to say things like that. Um, Lindsay, this podcast and you have made me feel very embarrassed about my past. (laughs) (laughs) I'd go back to like me just, you know, the way I would talk to a lot of my friends or, you know, I would 
tell people that I'm going to take their butch card away, you know, if they didn't know how to change oil or, you know, whatever it was. It's just, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm doing a lot of self-reflecting. I'm just like, oh, those weren't, uh, it's probably not something that I should be telling people that they should do, right? Like, it's not something that it's, they, you shouldn't be in a box. I'm going to say that more than once Yes, today, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what this is all about. Like, and I, oh gosh, I, ha- I have, a, I have like a few things to say just about like, how to kind of change this or okay. or shift this or if 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 you are someone that is in this toxic masculine box like what do you even do about that the really hard hard part when i go over that is that someone has to want to true true yeah. that's the really hard part i can even tell you with my practice um um I think a lot of men come in with those traits, and again, I don't blame them because that's what they know. But if they're even a little bit open, a little bit willing to, like, look at themselves, right, there can be a lot of really beautiful change there. And and I've seen that happen a lot. But I've also had those few cases where it hasn't been possible because if I point out, like, what toxic masculinity is and how that can lead to abuse and how maybe they're – their behaviors are abusive in the relationship and like, are they willing to change it? Sometimes I'll get resistance. Like I'm not changing a fucking thing Mm. because I'm, I don't think what I'm doing is wrong. Mm. Even though I can see how much it's hurting their partner, but I can also see how much pain they're in. Mm. I'm like, I can see that you're not okay either. Nope. I'm fine. Mm. And I will not be talking about, you know, like I've gotten resistance like that. And at that point there's not, a lot that I can do. It's um, interesting yeah. to me because they come to you for help. So you would assume Well, whenever it's an individual male, yeah. I I don't I don't know if I've ever had pushback like that. Cause I think if it's an individual male, like, hey, I need help okay. <laughs> and I've recognized like I'm not okay, that's the open door. Usually like, but with couples, they come in because they want their wife to change. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They'll come to therapy, but it's like, well, I need my wife to blah, blah, blah. And, and until we get that, then I'm not going to, you know. So, like, they come in with this idea of, like, I'm not doing a thing, but she needs to, right? <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm fine. You need to <laughs> yeah. figure out how to fix her. <laughs> and then when I point out, I'm like, yeah, it's not really how this is going to work. Interesting. Okay. Then they're, like, their hands are up. And I'm saying men, but, you know, I've had a few uh, female clients be that way, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Before you go into how we change it, I do want to um, kind of give like more of the signs, right? Of course. So if you're, uh, so just just for the bullet points that you you um, spoke on is basically the socially destructive traits mm-hmm. that, that toxic masculinity has is um, it tends to include like misogyny, homophobia, yes. um, violent domination, um, and the. Again, we're we're like we like we said before. We're not saying that masculinity is bad. We're just saying that um, the it's termed toxic masculinity because of their association with violence and sexual assault. Well, in and- in the the like you mentioned homophobia, mm-hmm. I'm going to be very bold when I say this because <laughs> it's how I view it. If a man is homophobic, I can pretty much 100% guarantee they are also toxically masculine because they're they're homophobic because. They're so afraid to be gay. Of course, yeah. They're like, that's not the manly way to do it. It's like, even just saying that, I'm like, I already know. Oh, I already know. Yeah. I can pretty much as- as- assume that. I can see those uh, being synonymous, yeah. They kind of are yeah. to me, right? So if I, meet, if, if I meet someone that's homophobic, I'm like, mm, mm. I know what that means. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Okay, yeah, and then going back, yeah, normalized violence. So, yeah, whenever you're saying, like, boys will be boys in the context of, like, bullying and aggression, which I've heard and I've seen even today, these days in age, when I'm thinking of, like, my um, my younger, like, nephews and cousins and things like that, you know, they're, if they hit, you know, they're boys. You know, they just, they boys beat up on each other. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that very many times. Um and also it has a psychological impact. So um, self-reliance and emotional repression in men are linked to, like you said, psychological problems um, correlated to depression, heightened stress, substance mm-hmm. disorders. Um, and one area that you see it all the time is like in prisons, apparently like that hidden code. There's a hidden code of masculinity that you're supposed to follow in prisons. And if you don't, I mean, that's it can be very you're dangerous. You're in danger, yeah. 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 And, you know, like um, – 
men are in prison at a much higher rate for violent crimes than women are. I could see that all day. At a much higher rate. I think we need to be looking at those numbers because, like, in the U.S., I think the amount of, like, women in the U.S. versus men in the U.S. is, like, pretty equal. I'm sure there's, like, a percent off here, but it's not like our society is 70% men. It's pretty much, like, half and half. So then when you – if you're looking at it from that view and then – men are at such a higher rate in prison for violent crimes. It's just clear as day, like, men literally are more violent. No, even Ashley, uh, Ashley Ward, a couple episodes yeah. back, had mentioned that, how the differences between the men inmates and the women inmates is usually the women inmates, it seemed like more more like they were off some type of, you know, they, they were off their medication of some sort or, you know, something else happened, mm-hmm. whereas the men, it, usually it's a violent crime. That, yeah. That is what she sees, um, which is crazy to me. And, again, toxic masculinity, guys. So mm-hmm. here's some signs. If you're at home or you know someone um and they're you know they're exhibiting these traits just be aware that this this might be why um so basically the extreme self-reliance right so they need to do everything on their own which i can kind of relate to in a way because i've always tried to be a very independent person Mm -hmm. um, but that was going back like last episode i think we talked uh, about how i had an ex take me aside and be like well you don't let anyone do anything for you yeah Um, and that's not that's not a healthy thing um and just like you said, because of that extreme self-reliance, it makes them less likely to seek treatment or even yeah. help financially, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want you want to be able to provide it on your own. You want to be able to, you know, no, I'm I'm fine. I I don't need. There will be no infection in my cut. I'll just rub some dirt on it, right? And you're I'll be fine, right? Walk it off. Yeah. Um. To, oh man. <laughs> It's like shameful to need help, so they're never going to let anyone in to help Exactly. Them. Yeah. God, my father is just coming out in this episode. Like, I'm hearing <laughs> his voice out my mouth. All right. Um, but, yeah, they don't show emotions. So if uh, this person isn't exhibiting any emotion other than anger, then we're in the toxic masculinity spectrum. Um, also, if they have extreme aspiration for physical, sexual, or intellectual, intellectual uh, dominance so basically if um, you exuberate if you um, if you show violence um, over men or women in order to gain power Mm -hmm. so yes Mm -hmm. Um, also just so we're aware just a tangent that kind of encourages rape culture just so we're aware but um, totally does it yeah with that being said, it goes into my next point, which is they devalue women, which yes. I think is what I see, what makes me most angry when I see toxic masculinity online. I'm thinking a couple of YouTubers, how um, they they view as they view men as only wanting sex from women and nothing else. Yeah. So if you know a guy who says, like, I would never have female friends, like, I don't see the point, um, or that women's opinions don't matter, or maybe it's just, you know, I've heard also from a podcast that I really dislike is uh, women's only value is their body, right? It's such an objectification of oh, women. Man. Well, and it's like when, it's like when um, um, there's, been, there's been lots of videos about this, like, in the past that I've seen. Um, But it's like, if you, like, as a woman, if you have a friend who's a male, they definitely want to fuck you. They're just not telling you. Yeah. Like, there's that whole thing. That is not true. I have plenty of male friends where there is no sexual feelings. There's no romantic feelings. We're just friends because they're capable of just, they can view women as a support system and a friendship. And they can be emotionally vulnerable and still know we're not together and also Lindsay is married. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't believe that myth of like any guy you're friends with, they secretly want to be with you. They want to have sex with you. I don't believe that because I feel like that is such a toxic masculine view of m- how men view women. Maybe that's true for some guys. Yeah, maybe. If that's yeah. all, if all they're doing is, is objectifying every woman in their life. But I don't think that's always true. No, I, c- I could honestly, as, as someone who – has never um, been attracted to men. I have had people who were my friends, and then later on, I realized, okay, we, we're not, we're not real. We are friends, but you just kind of want to hit it, so that's why you know you stick yeah. around. But then I've also had, I guarantee you, out of my really close friend sphere, if I were to come on to them, like if I were to just give them a completely one hundred percent open door to to get with this. Wow, that sounded really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were to give them that open door, I could see a decent amount of them rejecting me. Um, and 
not because they're well, not because they're like repulsed by you, but exactly. it's but it's just, just like that's we're not friends. What we have. Like yeah. our like our intimacy is friendship. Thank you. Yes, that's yes. how ours is. Like we yeah. have an intimate friendship, but there's no romantic feelings. There's no sexual feelings, and I feel like men and women can have that too. I agree. That toxic masculine view is like so. I don't know the objectification of women. You know, you'll hear that too. Like, um, I've heard men be like. I don't hate women. I love women. But what they really mean is like, I love to fuck women. And that's like, what they mean. That's not the same yeah. thing as loving and respecting yes. women. But that is a very manly way to look at women. Yeah. I mean? According to like a lot of the a lot of the professors, when I'm thinking of professors of manliness and masculinity, I'm thinking of like the Andrew Tates and the fit and freshes of the world where they're they're basically saying that there's no way in hell that a man has just like you said, a man has a friendship with a woman if it if he's not gonna hit it. Well in the way in the way that you can really figure out if a guy like is toxically masculine you have to look at the women that they are respecting. And I'm, I'm going to put respecting in, like, air quotes, okay? Because if there's, like, a woman in the room who they think is really hot, they'll be nice to them all night. They'll go and get them a drink. They'll carry their bag. They'll do these things that, like, look like respect. But if there's a woman that they don't find attractive and they treat them like shit, I'm like, you don't respect women. Yeah. You only, quote, unquote, respect the hot woman that, like, you want to get with. You know what I mean? Like, some men are like that, and you can see it. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. totally see it. And I'm like, that's a man that does not respect women. That's interesting. Because, yeah, I, I've had had friends who who will treat me just normal, but as soon as, you know, nice, pretty thing comes through the door, you know, they're a completely different person. So, like, they treat me like a friend, but as soon as, okay, okay, interesting, interesting, Mm -hmm. okay. And I think to a degree that can be, like, if if a woman is a friend, like, cool, like, if they're not being disrespectful, they're being, like, they're your friend, cool, but they see someone they're attracted to, maybe they kind of, like, step it up a bit. I think that can be okay, because I I get that to a point, right? Like, you're you're trying to catch someone's attention. I'm really talking about, like, totally disregarding and being rude to the woman in the room that you're not attracted to, but going out of your way to, like, mm. do everything for this woman that, like, you really just want to have sex okay, with. Okay, so you basically I mean? if you if this same guy took two strangers that he had no idea and one was mm-hmm. in his eyes attractive and one wasn't, like, he would treat them completely differently. Yes. Is what you're saying. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, signs of toxic masculinity. Um, and to, then to continue on to is also condemning anything feminine within an other man or even in themselves mm-hmm. right so you know mm-hmm. you have a lot of guys like i don't i don't like when she spanks me i don't want you know her to think i'm gay or whatever it is i don't yeah. like when she touched my butt or you know whatever it is. i i used to uh i used to have this partner back in the day he wasn't like a boyfriend but he was a sexual partner and he really liked his nipples played with like his nipples were very, were very sensitive and he liked mm. that but he like was like don't ever tell anyone that because like I would never want anyone to know that about me because it was like a very like as a guy like no, guys don't like their nipples play with that's such a you know and it's like well they do quite a bit actually but I just thought I thought that was funny yeah <laughs> yes okay um but yeah yeah so uh, they also dislike women who show manly traits and engage in behavior that should be something of a man's role and I've seen this uh, when I was dating men in high school I do remember that uh one of my boyfriends at the time absolutely hated when I cursed like absolutely and I I have a sailor's mouth. I am constantly, there's cuss words coming out of my mouth all the time. Um, and it was just very unattractive to him. He's like, mm. no, women don't do that. Or, um, you know, just, uh, I've seen, oh, I've seen, I've also had friends who didn't like smart women because that's just not something yes. that, you know, needs to be, um, that's not their role, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, toxic guys. Uh, and then the last sign I have is basically they equate, affection for another man as being sexually attracted to other men so um just like you said before like it's uh you can't show 
any like you can't say a guy is attractive you're not supposed to you're not supposed to really um ever you're never supposed to kiss a man even if it's on the cheek whatsoever like there's just these things that if you have any affection towards a guy and you know i'm sorry there's bromances men love men like men have really good very close best friend relationships with other men that's just normal but if if them if those two people are a little too handsy then it becomes it becomes more in toxic masculinity, it's not acceptable. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's for lack of a better word, it's gay. Yes, it's gay. I mean, that's it's what the, gay. that's what I yeah. it's gay. And I'm like, why? And you know, like men are a lot worse at sharing their feelings with each other than women are. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, when COVID started, I think men struggled a lot more because I know I'm talking as like a straight woman, okay? But I know, like, I have lots of friendships that are very intimate that I know, I could, if I'm having a rough day, I can call. And tell them what I'm feeling and tell them what's going on and the shitty parts of life. And they're going to listen to me. They're going to hear me. They're going to cry with me. You know, like, I ha- I think a lot of women have friendships like that. Men tend to have friendships where we watch football games together. Maybe we go golfing together. And that's pr- that's about as deep as it gets. And so then when COVID ha- started and we couldn't go out and sports were not playing because no one could play sports because it was new, there was nothing for them to talk about. Oh, wow. I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that. I know that because I had a lot of male clients at the time that were very lonely, very depressed. Women were too because it was, I mean, we were isolated, but it was, but I noticed a big difference of like women at least tend to have these connections they can talk to. A lot of men, it was like, well, why would I need to call them? There's really nothing going on. And I'm like, there's so much going on, (laughs) you know, like more than sports and activities so it's just a sign of like it's crazy that you said that because literally underneath that i have it results in higher isolation and loneliness mm. and a lack of social cohesion which is yeah that makes wow yeah wow the pandemic i could see that it sure did take away a lot of yeah yeah, unless, like, you're a major nerd who is into, like, networking or something. Like, yeah, you you had nothing to talk about. <laughs> right. Seriously, nothing yeah. to talk about. So it, it's, yeah, kind of goes to show oh. you there's a big difference there. Okay, so how do, we, how do we change? Oh, gosh, that's such a good, such a good question. You know, I will, um, I want to share just a, f- a few more things about, like, healthy masculinity, and then I'll kind of get into how do we create this change, which I think is really hard. Something you said earlier, though, that I wanted to expand on was, um, uh, like, a toxic masculine person uh, could dislike women that have masculine traits. I consider assertiveness to be a masculine trait, and assertiveness is different than aggression. Mm. Aggression is, like, scary, intimidating. Assertion is just, like... I'm telling you what is happening (laughs) and how I feel and what I'm okay with and not okay with. I feel like I've had, I, I am an assertive person and I have to be in my job too. And I think anyone listening who knows me knows that I'm pretty assertive, but I've had several men really dislike me because of that, because it's, they're kind of viewing me. They kind of just want me to shut up to be perfectly honest. And it's interesting that I've seen that because the men who really don't like me, I view as more aggressive. And I'm coming to the table as like assertive. They can be aggressive or even passive aggressive. Like they do these things where I'm like, there's this underlying tone of like, you hate me, but you're not saying it, but you're being like rude. You know what I mean? Like there's like this passive aggressiveness. And when I come to the table and I'm assertive, it's almost like a problem, right? Like I'm just kind of addressing it directly. So Healthy masculinity, I think, does involve a lot of assertiveness. And when someone doesn't have that healthy masculinity, assertiveness is very threatening to them. They're not going to say that because it would sound weak. Because right? they have to be the top dog, right? Yes. So that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. They have to be the top. Like, I'm in power. Yes. I feel like assertiveness cuts through that. Yeah. It's like, you're not really in power, though, because I can tell you exactly what's going yeah, on. These are my boundaries or this is the way I'm going to be treated or whatever it is. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So it cuts through on their power and then they tend to like hate women who are like that and you'll hear very hateful comments about women who are like that so when I hear like really hateful comments about strong women to me it's I'm like that sounds like toxic masculinity to me for someone who's just trying to like I don't know be honest 
about yeah. what they're okay with and not okay with. So I don't know that that was interesting, but um, interesting. Okay. But yeah, healthy masculinity um, involves the daily, sorry, the daily practice of engaging in intentional self growth and commitment to change. Um, and that can be with anything, right? That can be with like your fitness goals. That could be with your mental health, like. Those very strong qualities of, like, if I want to make a change, I'll make it, you know, kind of thing. Okay. I think that's really healthy. Um, positive or, or healthy masculinity, it does involve the idea that men can be vulnerable and emotionally expressive and have female friends and express emotions without feeling emasculated, I would say, is healthy. Um, and it means not using your size or intimidation to get what you want. Um, and treating others with respect, right, versus demanding it. And then healthy masculinity also involves um, taking accountability for when you mess up, you know. I I don't know if that makes makes any sense to you, but, like, what I see as far as, like, accountability with toxic masculinity, because they're not expressing their emotions if they have hurt someone's feelings, Usually what I'll see is, like, you're too sensitive, get over it. Yeah. Versus, okay, maybe I did hurt your feelings. Mm. Maybe I could have said that differently because, you know, I wasn't trying to hurt you. Yeah. That, to me, that second part of, like, accountability, that's so masculine to me because I'm, like, it takes a lot of confidence and security to be able to go. It does. Oh, yeah, you're right. That wasn't great. And I, I should probably do that differently. Versus, you're too sensitive, get over it, I can't say anything to you because you're just always crying. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I have heard that, uh, parent, you know, men don't say sorry. It's just not something we'd say, right? So, I mean, yeah. And, and you know, for anyone listening, if if you are someone that I don't say sorry, you know someone who's like, I don't ever say sorry, Good luck in your marriage because uh, it's probably not going great. I can tell. I can tell you now. If you don't ever apologize, your marriage probably sucks. Oh, um, so just that's all I'm going to say about that. So, okay. <laughs> got you. Because, like, as a married person, like, imagine if you had a rule with Sam, like, I never apologize. Like, do you think y'all? Do you think y'all's relationship would be like super great if you were like? Oh no, I apologize all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, me yeah. too. Because I, sometimes I need to. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. I fuck up all the time, so that makes sense. Same. But um, now that you're saying that, I am getting. Um, did you ever watch House of Cards? I saw like season one. Okay, so. so that first episode, the pilot episode in House of Cards, I think it's the um, I want to say his name is Frank Underwood is the character's name. Yes, but yeah, yes, he comes. Yeah. Yes, yes, because I remember his his wife. I always Claire. I will always remember her because I was just like, oh, what a strong woman. But anyway, yeah. I remember um, him basically coming home and feeling maybe defeated of some sort. I'm not sure, but he he told her, "I'm sorry." She got mad at him for it, right? So she is like, "You you don't say sorry to anybody." even me. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, oh, oh, she's pumping up a man. But now that I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, no, that was toxic ass behavior. Well, yeah. And you saw how great their marriage right? was in the oh, show. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was a <laughs> fucked up relationship. But it even goes to show like that patriarchal view. Women can fall into that, too. It got, I think we've talked about this before. Like when there's this view, like if women have the view of like, Ew, men don't share emotion. Like, I don't want him to share emotion with me. And then yeah. and then he's, like, vulnerable, and then they get, like, judgment back. Yeah. I mean, women fall into that, too. That's a perfect example of House yeah. of Cards is why, like, you don't say sorry even to me. I'm like, who the hell says that? No, you know? to be 100% honest, with, from my experience, women in my life, I feel like I've seen more women be very independent women, and they want to, you know, take away the patriarchy, and they want equal rights, and, you know, we should be treated this way. But those very same women will get the ick if some if a man is vulnerable, or they'll tell him to man up, or they'll, you know, do these, again, I've been the type of person who's called a guy pussy. Like, I've, like, these yeah. evil things I've done. So it's just, it's just what it's how you're used to you're told to treat men it's how you're told to encourage men which is so interesting and it goes all the way back to just how we were raised when we were children right yeah it sticks with you it's really hard it's really hard work to change it and that kind of leads me into like you know what we 
what we can do to okay. change this, okay? Um, what I'm, I have just a few key points on what I'm going to say. Again, it's really hard. Sometimes it can feel impossible. I mean, there needs to be, first of all, a really big cultural societal shift. Yes. I mean, God, that's going to – when we pass away, like that's still going to be, yeah. you know – in the works because I feel like it's just very slow change, but it just needs to be a big societal shift, right? A big perspective shift of we don't need to bring boys and men into the world in this way, right? Um, There also needs to be really, like, better education. Like, I think some men – well, I shouldn't just say men. Men, women, anybody um, don't even know what toxic masculinity is. They hear the term – and they're already turned off. Oh, yeah. Brain shuts whatever. off. Whatever. So it needs to be education or better access to education. Um, and also better, honestly, a better mental health system. Even with, like, I'm going back to when I talked about, like, men who die by suicide versus, like, how many of them report being depressed. I think um, some of, like, the depression scales we use in my profession I think they could be more inclusive because sometimes I don't have them pulled up in front of me, but like when you go, if you like look through the questions of how you're assessing if someone is depressed, men are not reporting that a lot of those things are a problem for them. So it does make me wonder like, do we need to change the language? Do we need to add more, um, more like topics or more sections that we're assessing for because something that might cause distress for a woman may not cause distress for a man or they may not think that it does. So there really needs to be further assessment for men to really kind of like even identify in themselves well, maybe I am depressed, right? Because if you look at like traditional depression, it's easy for them to kind of shrug it off. Like that's not me. When I see an angry man, I can, I can, pretty much assume that they are depressed. Oh. I would say all of them are. Okay. Yeah, but they don't associate depression is weak, right? Yeah, of course. No. So they're not going to they're not going to say that. Um uh two more things. One is learning to be vulnerable and that learning that vulnerable vulnerability is not a weakness. Like I'm talking about emotional vulnerability here. I think it's a skill that a lot of men have to learn. And again, it goes back to being willing to learn it. If someone is digging in their heels and they're like, I'm not changing my ways because nothing I'm doing is wrong, it's going to be really hard for them to want to be vulnerable. But if they're a little bit open to it or if they do get some education and they start seeing signs in other other people, like that's, that's my last little hint of how to get out of this box is like intervening with other people. Like if you educate yourself and you're out with your friends, like you're a man and you're out with your male friends – and one of them does start being disrespectful to a woman at the bar, let's say, intervening and saying, wait a minute. Yeah, that's not cool, bro. That wasn't cool. Okay. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Mm, okay. Kind of opens up the door to be like, dang, maybe I shouldn't be doing that either. Mm. You know, so those are just some, um, and definitely get therapy. That's my other little tip. Get therapy if you can. Okay. <laughs> and be open to it. Okay. Because I think a good therapist can help. Right? Mm-hmm. Recognizing, like, I'm not here to shame you. I'm just here to help you. Yeah. And that you can feel better. You really can feel a lot better if you get out of this box. Mm. So those are my little tips. I like it. I like it. Hey, anything yeah. else? No. I mean, we pretty much covered Because I had a couple rebuttals, but we pretty much covered it. Because, you know, a lot of times they people hear toxic masculinity and then just think that the feminist movement is trying to remove masculinity in general. But yeah. we pretty much said, no, masculinity is, is should be celebrated. But okay. it, it's not a box. Good. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please like and subscribe and comment. Comment. Let us know what else you want to hear because this was yeah. a listener-requested topic. We would love to get more of those. We want to give you the topics that you want and the research that you would like to hear. So leave us a comment, message us, email us. Like, we're totally here for that. Um, and, again, we are Sex Positivity Unfiltered. And remember to stay curious and fuck politeness.